I, as an African woman, have grown up and experienced the world differently from an African man who grew up in like the same context. The conversations and the work that should be done amongst men and by men should be consistently happening in response to the work that women are doing amongst themselves. Hello and welcome to the YAT podcast, where YAT stands for Young African Talks. What is this show all about? It's about young Africans passionate about the continent, passionate about sharing African stories as well as amplifying African voices. Our goal is to start some awesome conversations around what's happening in the continent, especially amongst young people, what we're talking about, what we're thinking, what we're doing, as well as what we hope for the future. Join us as we explore uniquely African issues from all over Africa. everyone today i'm joined by a special guest and good friend i'm gonna let her introduce herself to you guys hello so my name is tembi zulu i am from south africa and i'm currently studying my master's in development finance at the university of cape town mm-hmm. yeah. and if you could see her she has a very cool afro <laughs> very very cool that i'm jealous of um so I just brought Tembi along today to talk to us about or respond to the previous episode that we had with Tinashe talking about um, women and men issues, uh, gender roles, uh, our perceptions of feminism and things like that. And so today I want to get a women's point of view, um, also get a, uh, a fresh perspective on the same topics that we're talking about. Right. So Tembi, what do you think of women's... How did you celebrate your Women's Day, first of all? Did you celebrate it at all? I did not. Like, mm-hmm. probably internally, but mm. I didn't do anything. Okay. After okay. It. I think I was just... I just got back, so I was just trying to catch up with my work and Mm-mm-mm. get back on track. But I didn't. So for that reason, but for other reasons as well. And I think we'll touch on this later on. Okay. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I wouldn't say that this year was that special. It wasn't a special Women's Day. It was just like a normal day for me mm. yeah I actually if I look back on it I don't normally s- celebrate Women's Day it's just that this year I got a chance to attend a really cool conference mm. um, and on Women's Day with other women you know and we're talking about uh, a lot of very relevant gender issues and so it became like a really focused kind of and it was on my mind you yeah. know and Women's Month and Women's Day and all of that and that's why I decided to, mm. to do a few episodes on that so then we have a women's month. What do you think about a men's month from a female's point of yeah. view? Because Tinashe was very keen for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. From my point of view, I can't believe that this is even a thought or like a suggestion that people would want to have like a men's month. Like the cliche argument is that it's like men's day every other day, you know? Like it's literally mm. like a men, like a, um, the world is the structures and systems are geared towards like the advantage of men. So if you look at it in that way, there's no, there's no need for a reminder uh, that men should be celebrated, you know, a day mm-hmm. set aside just to celebrate men, because it's something that's inherent within like the daily systems that you yeah. interact with. So I don't know, uh, for me, I'm trying to see like the, their perspective of yeah. why they want a men's month. Yeah. I don't know, maybe Sinasha did elaborate on Oh yes, Why? yes he did. Um, he, 
Mm. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. he did mention specifically that it would encourage men or he would want it to encourage men to talk more amongst themselves and address the issues that are suppressed among them, especially in the cultural African context, mm. you know, where the man is a macho man and he doesn't talk and he doesn't cry. And he made this example about like, if you are married and you are the husband or even as a brother or son he was like if i start crying then what is the woman going to do but it's that notion that you know the man must be the provider and the protector and if he shows any weakness then oh the women are going to go crazy you know they're going to lose their minds and be like i don't know what to do meanwhile women are out there saving families and homes and lives and there's this thing like when children are lost i think i heard this on a series somewhere or i don't know i do not know where this but when children are lost they're told to find a woman they're told to find Makes like sense, a woman yeah. and it's like there's this perception that men take care but women take care and you know uh, fight fires and you know solve problems in the daily context and the daily lived life I um, mean so I don't know <laughs> I'm that I understand like the need uh, for these conversations to be had mm. for these stigmas to be broken down mm. amongst men but my what I don't like is when you put it against Women's Day. Yeah. So this conversation hardly comes up unless it's in response to, to women having a day set aside yeah. for them. So yes, it's great that you want to have these conversations, but it can be independent from you wanting to have your own day. Because mm. I don't think there's a connection between wanting an entire day and, and having these conversations. True. You can have them in like different settings. Uh, different you can have forums you don't necessarily need an entire country to acknowledge like a day for you (laughs) for you to have these conversations yeah Mm -hmm. no i hear you i definitely hear you and the conversations and the work that should be done amongst men and by men should be consistently happening Mm -hmm. in response to the work that women are doing amongst themselves as well on a daily basis yeah so which brings me back to why i did not celebrate women's day Mm -hmm. i just want to start off by saying i did not intentionally the like saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to celebrate Women's yeah. Day this year but in saying that like you know usually there's a guilt like if it's your birthday and maybe yeah, you don't yeah. acknowledge it or celebrate it there's a guilt of like okay I should have done something but I don't have that guilt with Women's Day mm. I think because it's something that I'm constantly engaging with and I know that as much as it's important to set aside a day to celebrate women and to acknowledge uh, the societal issues that are holding women back that for me and what I've chosen for my life that's a day in day out thing yes so having a day aside doesn't necessarily change my thinking or how I celebrate women you know yeah yeah so how do we translate that to not just a one day thing or just a, an August thing but into like an everyday thing mm. yeah mm. I really agree. Are you asking me to answer? Because like, no, I was just, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I was just adding. You don't need to answer. It's not a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhetorical question, people. Yeah. Maybe you guys can answer that question for us and send in your thoughts. Don't forget the Yad Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, the Yad, so the underscore Y-A-T. And Twitter, we are just Yad Podcast, so no the. Um, at Yad Podcast, send us your thoughts, send us a recording, send us your opinions. So, in light of this, and we've touched on how um, we think men should react in terms of what women are doing and how they should hold themselves in terms of um, Women's Month and all of that. What are your um, perceptions or your experiences on um, the relationships between men and women, young men and women, 
in the African context, you know, in the issues of equality, fairness, and gender roles, very big topics, but more about like what your lived experiences are and what your context have been and how that has shaped how you think about these things. That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I Pick, think you know while like, asking it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pick one. Yeah. So, I, like, my experience, um, and I, I like how, so Marco was talking about how... Context, guys, Marco okay. is, a, is a mutual friend. Yeah. Yes. So she was talking about the different layers to patriarchy, which mm. I thought was quite insightful. It really, it was. So I, as an African woman, have grown up and experienced the world differently from an African man who grew up in like the same context and the difference gets bigger with someone from a different like continent or country you know Mm -hmm. so I need to understand that layer of the cultural my cultural background and how that has contributed to the people that I've met and my interactions with men you know Mm. but then I need to consider like where like you know in my case South Africa you know the past and how that has contributed to patriarchy so mm. what role has colonialism played in the patriarchy that you see today mm. so just that as a background and then me when i describe my experiences with men like young men my age mm. like understanding that there's a source um to my lived experience and that helps me like then go into a conversation with someone and be able to compare and contrast mm. and be able to like have a constructive like conversation and understand that you have different perspectives and how can you find that common ground so in that being said i have i think you do find that like i think compared to like the like older generations i think our generation we have made progress in terms of yeah seeing both genders as equal but of course um like men and women as well we still are subject to like our cultural backgrounds you know um yeah, that comes with a so. lot of uh, inherent biases Mm. And those do show up, you know, in conversations. They show up in a simple thing, like in, in a lecture. Like, who are the people that put their hands up first, you know? Mm. Who are the people that are more vocal, you know? And I've mm. seen, like, coming from a business background, yeah, that's usually men, you know? Yes. Because when you look at, uh, like, the system, uh, uh, in the past, it has been and still is run by men. Yeah. But it's also set up in a way to benefit men, you know? Mm. So then confidence comes from, like, that representation, but also the layers to it, like, what's your cultural background, you know? Yeah. And what role have you been playing in society mm. so obviously i have experienced like uh, gender discrimination mm. but i don't want to play the victim here and realize i also want to realize that i myself have had some unlearning uh, that yeah. i've had to do because understanding that my cultural background often is can be like quite patriarchal mm. what's your culture so, <laughs> like for a little bit yeah. of a so i'm from context. yeah i'm from the zulu tribe mm. yeah in south africa and I don't know. <laughs> Do I need to explain more than that? But it is. If you can distill yeah. it, <laughs> we'll be happy. Yeah, but, but yeah, but it's um, the Zulu tribe is very good, and I, I, I'm sure people from other tribes would agree with mm. find similarities in this. It's very good in defining gender roles and what women should yeah. and not do, and what men are expected to do. Yeah. And I speak about like the thing with expectations is mm. that they sort of become what's right, you know, what's yeah. perceived as being the correct way of going about things. What's normal, yes. you know, what's been done and yeah. should be done yeah. and no change as yes. possible. Yeah. yeah. So when you expect 
certain people to play certain roles or to act in certain ways, then you remove the choice factor that as an individual, as a people, you have a choice. And we are, um, we have the ability to think and to examine uh, situations and decide if this is still needed in our current day and if this is still beneficial. Mm. And because men tend to benefit more from the system, whether it be a cultural system, whether it be a business system, you know, that has been created, there's that, there's that, um, they're less likely to want to change that system because yeah. you benefit from it. And it's just human yeah. nature, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> this idea of choice, yeah. so that's, that's played out so times. So, I, my family is currently based in Kezaden, where the Zulu tribe, KwaZulu Natal, the full name, mm-hmm. where the Zulu tribe, majority of the Zulu tribe inhibits or stays in the country or that is their origin homeland, yes. yeah. right? So I've had quite like an interaction with Zulu men. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm told I look like a Zulu woman. You can tell me whether or not that's true. But I've had like literally, I think a guy once told me that I didn't have a choice in whether or not he like he could have uh, many women. Uh, he could be polygamous or have many wives. And then also a lot of Zulu girls have literally accepted that men cheat or men have multiple women partners. No no shade. <laughs> no shade to you. Not but it's like, it's such, it's an accepted norm. You know, men have a lot of women or wives and you know, that's, that's how it goes. And it's like, whoa, have you considered that maybe it doesn't have to be like that? You do not have to accept unless you're comfortable with it. If you're the type of person who is a one person person, then like you would feel like really out of place in a culture, in a cultural situation like that. I mean, but I don't know why, what I'm talking about in, in Kenya, Kenya right now, polygamy is realized, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we should even think about like that cultural, when we talk about the system, why is it that men are allowed to have many wives, but women can't have many husbands? Yeah. So the system does benefit men more in a lot more ways. And it's, it, it feels abstract when we talk about the system and the institution, but like it shows up in a lot of different ways um yeah i was reading up on property rights in terms of women and as early no as late as i think 2012 there was a group of women in botswana who um put up um who contested the government in a court of law for customary practices that favored men in the family um to inherit land as opposed to women in the family Mm. so things like that guys that's what we mean when we say the system you know or like just the norms hmm. the men are placed yeah first it's, okay. it's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so just to go back to the zulu because this is uh, there's quite a touchy subject especially. yeah like zulu people are known for be- being very proud of mm. um where they come from their they culture rich, rich history yes yes yeah. definitely and because of that every time you might go against the norm or you might question mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. you almost always you tend to get backlash you know yeah and I think people need to understand that it's possible to identify with a culture or identify as like with the system or whatever it may be and still be able to step back and question it, you know, as mm. the country is and how it has evolved yeah. up till this point. Mm. And by you questioning it or suggesting that certain things should be adapted does not mean that you do not see, you do not appreciate that culture or you do not see like the importance of it so yeah. just to make that clear before i go on <laughs> yeah guys yeah and i i definitely want to agree with that and that applies to things like religion 
yeah you know belief systems value systems your relationships we come into relationships with expectations you can't believe a relationship is supposed to play it play out like this but you should be able to step back mm. and look at objectively how is this working out mm. can i change this will that benefit us will that yeah. not things like that yeah so they commented like the guy said he looks like a silly woman yes do I, I don't know i don't know what a silly woman looks like <laughs> i think i yeah. like i probably was wearing a head wrap at the time because you know i love my head wraps so it could have been that i don't but know other <laughs> so. tries like i'm gonna cast a african diaspora wear like head wraps yes know? i know right but what is your question after that um yeah it was male and female relationships among young people yeah. in in the african context and then also in your lived experience um your cultural context the zulu um zulu tribe and yeah and issues of equality fairness and gender roles and how those play out so we touched a little bit yeah. about the gender roles and how they're defined in your cultural background and stuff what about like fairness and equality or equity maybe should say i always struggle which word is better yeah um uh so this goes okay so i have like a cultural background but also as you step out into the world you know mm. and so like these western systems you know <laughs> they are uh, like the inequality the gender inequality is entrenched so then now the question of equality you know how do you uh, write policies that uh, move us towards gender equality how do you have organizational policies that make sure that women are able to make climb up the ranks you know and sit at the table mm. so then when you look at it from that part whereas the cultural one it's very difficult to say okay we need a new policy to change this <laughs> uh, it's more of a um, like you you're talking to people and you're trying to change how people see things you're trying to change what defines a culture what defines being a man or a woman within that culture whereas um, the more western systems there tends to be like rules and regulations that um, underpin um, how things work so mm, in that case you mm. can sort of approach it in a more um, set out way uh, when you want to change so uh, like the research that I'm doing now it focuses on why there's a need uh, for women to take on leadership roles and positions in a corporate setting you know yeah uh, yeah and how that in turn contributes to you know when you can track like what's the correlation between mm. uh, the gender diversity uh, in your organization and the performance of your organization and if you make that connection then you can make even bigger connection how how does that impact like our production output as a country you know mm-hmm. and in turn how does that impact economic development so what i'm hearing you yeah. saying is that the patriarchal uh, rules and regulations set in place usually from western influences colonial influences that has trickled down into our formal institutions has long-term impacts even on the economy which is a whole different story Mm. but what i wanted to ask you is do we have like are there any examples you can give me how the rules and regulations set in place um benefit men more than women you know that's something we can see yeah Yeah. so uh it's things like maternity leave you know oh Uh, yeah yeah. Mm. so already you're giving women uh maternity leave Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and it's that whole thing going back to expectations like yeah men, nobody expects them to be at home with the kids yes yeah and it's that expectation that okay if you expect women to take a break for six months and you as an organization don't have plans in place to support women when they get back to work yeah. or even for that period when they are, are not left at work yeah and you also not having the same expectation on men 
you have to question a system that does that. Like, what other banks, what other, like, parities does it have Absolutely. when it comes to expectation? From already, you think, okay, in that, and like, and only having like maternity leave implied within that is that the woman takes care of the children, right? Yes, of yeah, which is like it's like the institutionalized cultural yeah. norms that we live out. Yeah. You know, because even when I go to work, my boss knows that at some point I have to leave yeah. when I because I have to have kids. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and then that plays into okay, if she's taking care of the children, she's obviously not the breadwinner, she's not the one going to work, and then that feeds into the gender pay gap. You know, women yes. not being paid as much, and not and to, like yeah. men, um. Uh, sorry, employers also they're not allowed to discriminate based on gender, but I think maybe we can we can talk about the very realistic, the very realistic um, experience that women are overlooked or were overlooked in the, in, you know, in some instances, because they would be regarded as, oh, you're going to have kids and you're going to go on maternity leave for six months. So actually, I don't want you because you know, like, that's that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, you're a woman, so you have kids and you have a husband and you have all this to, to do. So I would rather take the man because if he has to work late at night, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sort of assumption that actually men are more geared, quote unquote, to the workplace and to being the breadwinner because women are at home with the kids and in the kitchen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, and it forces... It's also been something, okay, if I, if I agree that the kind of way that business or corporate is structured mm-hmm. is not beneficial to the advancement and the retention of women mm. and I need to ask myself what then does an equal organization look like mm-hmm. what are the policies that are in place because mm. the danger with these policies and expectations that they create is that even among women they sort of put like expectations and mm-hmm. so for example um, research has shown that women are already um, planning for they go into your job thinking, okay, I'm probably gonna have a, a, a kid in X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So in them doing that, it might mean that they're not as ambitious in pursuing certain opportunities. Because mm. then what systems do and what expectations do is that they can create, because that's that's what you're constantly being fed, fed as yeah. a woman. And that becomes your internal voice, yes. what you tell yourself. Yeah. That actually, I need to remember that at some point I'm yeah. gonna have kids and the kids are going to need me. So I don't even need to like, climb up the corporate ladder yeah. and aim for CEO because the CEO doesn't have that much time. Yes. You know, things so they like that. create entrenched, like inherent barriers mm. that as much as you are trying to change the system or the rules and regulations, mm. I think it's important to also notice that there's some, there's work that also needs to be done at the individual level. Mm. At yeah. the grassroots level, yeah. at what we're telling the young girls as yes. they're growing up. Yeah. But well, I'd say as a minimum, mm-hmm. the system needs to be a yeah. level playing field yes it yeah. does also one of the things um again uh this is a direct like it's a direct indication of how the system benefits men so you're a young girl um you're taught to be humble and quiet and you know don't talk back and whatnot and so when you think about you frame that you know you don't be too loud don't be too promiscuous mm-hmm. you know don't have too many opinions you know a woman is like not aggressive etc 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 and this is like just what is fed to you or not even consistently but in subtle ways what is given to you the script you're given at a young age when you enter into the job market and you are you interview your great candidate and they're like okay we're about to give you the job and they give you a contract with a certain salary um and this is one of the arguments against like the gender pay gap that women quote unquote brought it on themselves because they do not negotiate but i'm like when you have been taught 
that you do not talk back or argue or you know um you do not even have the space or maybe like if you do have the space nobody will take you seriously because you're a woman and you shouldn't be doing it anyway you're less likely to negotiate that salary that has been that first offer right but men are more comfortable they see a salary and they're like no i think i deserve more you know what I mean? and by virtue of a system that um allows men to benefit because um again rules and regulations it wants to exploit people capitalism yes we get it so it wants to make profit above all and in doing so it only benefits the one who is able to kind of uh negotiate for a bit higher pay which is usually men you know it's a byproduct of how the system yeah. you know it's rigged yes. yeah a little yeah. bit it's a lease lease mm. uh, so what i don't like with that argument is mm. that it doesn't take into account as you say like the the history of an individual so when i talked about like the lived experience that yeah. i as an african woman i might have a completely different different experience to like even like an african man yeah so the way in which i have been conditioned or the way in mm-hmm. which i've come to see the world is completely mm. different mm. from um men so in this case so when you bring these candidates and it comes to like a job interview and they're sitting at the table and it comes that time to accept the salary or to negotiate, mm. right? Men have an entire history, have representation, you know? Mm. If you see like majority of that are gonna, like the leadership of that organization, yeah. like the CEO uh, is a man. So there's that. There are friends who have like exhibited the, or been in that situation yeah. before and told them when I was there, this is what I did. Yes. So when they're going through that thing, they have that knowledge of like, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So then you have two completely different people coming to the table with different experiences, lived experiences, but they also play different roles within the system. Yeah. And I think it's very important to employ like systems thinking when you think of this. Mm. But it's not just that women just choose when they could easily just not choose to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're sitting there like I'm not going to negotiate. Yes, yeah, I don't want more money. Like Who doesn't want more, more money? Yeah. <laughs> like so you discount uh, the complexity of the system and and what makes up that choice of choosing yeah. to negotiate or not, mm. you know? And you simplify a very uh, complex problem, a yes. very rich problem. Yes. And when you simplify it to just, you choose uh, to not negotiate mm. while men choose to negotiate, that's very, I don't know, you're not employing systems thinking in that case yeah. and you're not... You're not looking, looking at, at all the signs. Yeah, holistically, yeah. Yeah, because on a personal note, mm. for majority of my childhood, I was told by my the people that I considered older in my life that I was too loud, too opinionated. I've been told that I'm too masculine simply because I am very clear about um, expressing my wants and needs and when I think something is wrong. And, you know, um, I don't think, like, adults are, like, the final say and I want to challenge what they, you know, tell me. And I'm too this and I'm too that. Like, if if I wasn't, like, if I took those comments in and I internalized them, even before I get that, that offer for the salary, if I'm sitting in an interview and I'm having this conversations in my head mm-hmm. i'm even less likely to fully express myself to show the best version of myself and then the interviewer is sitting there like hi this girl yeah like she she you know she she doesn't show confidence and this is the thing like even there are biases that that people place on you upon according to gender right what i mean so you could be sitting there and the job the the the, the interviewer is thinking oh she, she's not confident she doesn't express herself oh that's too bad but you could also be sitting there and the person like she's a 
woman, but she's, you know, she's so aggressive and, you know, she's so, uh, what's the word? She probably doesn't follow rules so well, you know what I mean? And this is not how a woman, she's not a good fit to the organization. So there's literally like either one way you don't do things right or the other way you don't do things right too. And it's like, whew, it's confusing. Yeah. And and the, the bar is set or like the things that men can get away with. Mm. It's like a long list. Yeah. Yeah. And to that, um, I think in recognizing that there's a there's a gap and um, mm. certain uh, things might not favor you as a woman. I mm. think in that, there's also like an enlightenment. You know? Yeah. Because you know that you you want the world to be more equal, right? But you also go in with the understanding of knowing that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And the certain like you know strategic. Mm-hmm. actions that you might have to take yeah or strategic communication that you might have to employ and there's a constant reading yeah. of the room it's yes. like this person how are they perceiving me what are they telling me mm-hmm. through the way they're talking or moving how should i react that mm-hmm. way and guys let me actually make a comment to our listeners that we're not saying that men don't question these things or they don't sit in an interview and worry about am i too loud am i mm-hmm. too this but it's not because they've been told all their lives that you are to this you must act a certain way or maybe not in the context of looking for a job or maybe not in the context of i don't know what other example i guess let's yeah. continue with the job thing like those are not like i believe the questions that come up in the back of their head they're thinking or they're embodying a confidence because they've been you know shown representation like you said they have information and they're confident in that i should be out here looking for a job and i'm a breadwoman breadwinner i should be out here getting good money because i have this value that they've been consistently reinforced with basically all their life but women just by the action of going out there to look for a job they're fighting this very like prevalent stereotype that still is a lie today that women belong in the kitchen just by the act Mm -hmm. of going to look for a job so it's that constant battle of like is this is what i'm doing you know or what i'm doing is something that i've been told consistently that i shouldn't do yeah and in that that's why I love education so much because mm. in, in education, you really get to understand the things that have shaped the way you think mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how you see the world and how you see yourself. Mm. Once you begin to understand that, then you can begin to break it down. Yes. And that's where uh, then the onus is on you to do the unlearning that's necessary. Yeah. Um, and it's a constant, like it's a journey, right? Yes. Because uh, yes. you are constantly being fed one thing and you might be like, oh, but that's not right. You know, that's not true. And then you're constantly having to unlearn and fit it back in and learn new things. And Mm-mm. yeah, and not to, I know the argument that people like to bring up is that men uh, also like suffer. Like when you mm. look at like the incidents of that, like- That was said in the previous episode. Yeah, of like <laughs> mental, like mental health. Like yeah. the, the expectation that you have to provide mm-hmm. for the family, that and you have to- Be this rock. Yes. That people lean on or whatever it is. That, yeah. Meanwhile, women are also the rock, but God. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so for me, I always try to look at, at, it, at it holistically. And yeah. it's a system and it has many different moving parts. Yes. And subsystems in it. So, yeah, that's what happens. So, what about um, in terms of, um, so we've talked about the, um, what, what's the workplace? What about like the home place, right? Mm-hmm. Have you had that idea that um, um, women, or like women are homemakers? A house is not a or something something is a home like a house is not a home until it's not i'm making things up but what i'm trying to say is that that notion that women are homemakers Mm -hmm. right and what is a homemaker guys like it's it's like dog whistle politics 
of like women are the ones who clean mm -hmm. and you know they're the ones who like buy nice things to make the home livable and they think of the little things like i don't know extra hand towels in the bathroom mm -hmm. by the way do you know when a friend of mine was getting married she was sat down by the aunties and she was told things like always have extra hand towels in the bathroom always make sure that when before you go to bed mm. you take a shower you know make sure your your hair what what was the I'm mantle not surprised when the ankle mm. like i would what what was the mantle when the uncles sat him mm. down was he not told yeah make sure you don't play with money make sure you buy a house make sure you save you know what i mean anyway i'm backtracking but like that connotation of women are homemakers again it's reinforcing that idea that like women belong in the kitchen mm. you know right meanwhile a home is not about the nice things you put inside but a home is about the people who are living in it mm. and the relationships that exist in the home yeah. you know what i mean that so, and that includes the men in the home yeah <laughs> if you didn't catch what i was trying to say yeah and this is something that i think we already are um rethinking and adapting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and but more effort needs to be done going forward. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, what is a household? Uh, what does a marriage look like mm -hmm. um, uh, in this day and age? And a part of me, because I know that there's so many um, cultural influences that have been passed down from generation to generation. Mm. Often when it comes to this conversation, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't care. I'll just decide for my household. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it feels yeah. like that yeah. because you're literally fighting against years and years and years of like ingrained thought mm. patterns and systematic like tendencies yeah. and you, you get tired yeah. of trying to argue your your side of the story literally we're trying to argue for how we perceive the world and how we live mm. and navigate through the world and someone is rejecting what you're trying to tell them yeah and well like i'm gonna keep going back to this point uh, expectations because because it's been done in the past mm. it has become sort of like the norm and what is expected mm. so it's expected that women do the housework you know yeah expected that men are w the ones working and bringing in the finances mm. and you need to ask okay so where you need to go back where does that come from right yes, women were yes. not allowed to work initially i think mm, that's how it mm. emerged i don't know people can correct me if i'm wrong and then because women were not allowed to work they would be at home and work in the house while a man goes out and works it's not but even then, just working i recently found out as i was looking at property law in terms of women they weren't allowed to own property yeah. The man through marriage was in charge of whatever property that the woman came with before or after, you know. Yeah. The man was in charge of it. He gained all the rights. And yeah, guys. Yeah. And there's some countries, if we Google it right now, there are probably some countries that still have old. It's called, I do not remember the name. But it's within the institution of marriage where mm. men are have the ability to execute kind of capacity on property that belongs to the woman. Mm. And I bet you a woman can't do that, can she? You know? Yeah. Woof. <laughs> yeah, so just to yeah, so just to just add to that. Mm. So when you remove that okay, so yes, yes, you have this history, you have these systems, mm. these laws that have shaped the expectations uh, that people have about what a household should look like and what the gender roles should be. Mm. But when you remove that expectation uh, and you introduce like choice and understanding that when people enter into a marriage, so those two people, um, have the ability to think and to examine a situation yeah. right absolutely everybody then, does yes and then to decide what works for that partnership mm. and and what doesn't work what is rational as you say i know human beings are not rational hence this conversation <laughs> you can say that again i know human beings are not rational hence this conversation <laughs> but and then you decide okay so does it really make sense for for one partner to expect 
the other to be doing the housework mm -hmm. even though they both are working you know because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. then then it gives you more responsibility and then you decide that you're not just accepting things as a norm just because they've been passed down from generation to generation mm. you're then choosing you know based on your kind circumstances yes and how yes. to conduct that marriage and i say this because households I, I don't think that there's a certain way that a household should look mm. i know that the phrase is like um sharing the load you know and yes like, uh, yes a, yes like the whole thing is a partnership but not yeah but sharing the load looks different in different circumstances it you does know, for life, different people for different people, people yeah. carry the loads differently too yes and it can it can change based on like the season mm -hmm. that each partner mm -hmm. is going through in their life mm. so just allowing that flexibility and just not not just taking things as the norm you know yeah know. that's just my thought yeah yeah <laughs> definitely my thought too yeah. sometimes like i feel like men forget that that's all we're asking even through movements like feminism mm -hmm. um and <laughs> hashtag men are trash it's waking like wake um waking people up to that fact that there needs to be a challenging of the circumstances and a re-navigation of like how do we live every day why is it like this why don't we change it by the way what do you think of the hashtag men are trash ah uh, so many thoughts uh so initially so like the the logical part of me, you know, mm -hmm. I saw the first time I saw the hashtag men are trash, I was like, okay, isn't that like a hasty, like, generalization? Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, like, statistically speaking, you know? <laughs> no, you know? <laughs> so that is like... Uh, at least one. Yeah, just like, at just least one is much speaking, yeah. um, I don't think that's possible. But then when I read into, like, mm -hmm. the hashtag, mm -hmm. but that's the thing. Um, okay, so when I read into the hashtag, I understood where it came from. And mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of like this men are trash it's it's a it's a movement right thank you yeah, it's, a, it's a movement for like how women have been treated in society especially in the context of south africa it's bringing light um to women abuse you know uh, mm -hmm. it's bringing light to different issues that women have faced yes and because of men yeah and different experiences yeah but the thing is not everyone reads further into it so this is where my other yes this is where my other thing comes in it's like if you want to have if you want to move the needle forward and mm -hmm. you want to have to engage in a conversation that actually results in something positive at the end of the day how then do you strategically communicate that mm. without making the other person defensive to the point where they don't even want to, to engage, engage. Yeah. in that conversation yeah so i'd say with the hashtag because every time it has come up in mm -hmm. a social setting men are very quick to so, yeah to shut down or like close off or you know or respond negatively to that hashtag a part of me understands why it's yeah. needed and why it's necessary but then again you need to think of it like are you strategically communicating true uh well said yeah the issues mm, that's right because i and i said this in the previous episode i want to be extremely careful not to get to a place where i hate men mm. and not to get to a place where um i feel that men don't have you know a role or a place in my life um but also i have experienced on numerous occasions that men can be enemies of progress yeah so it's like how do you balance that um lived experience versus what you know in your head right yeah. or what you hope for but i always I, and i said this and i always try and, and and bring a different perspective to men instead of trying to fight the men are trash ask yourself how can we change that hashtag individually as a man but also as a collective working within ourselves as men to like reverse the hashtag 
also knowing that we live in an, we live in a generation where hashtags you know have to be trendy you know it's like it's like the way we communicate social media and like um clickbait or whatever it is or it's like it, it is a way of creating conversation mm. right using the lived experiences yes. of women and using you know kind of that um the platforms that the conversations are existing on right yeah but what it also does is that it validates so it validates the people that are in a less powerful position and in this yes case so when you it's so it's so out there it's so like explicit hashtag hashtag men are trash mm. it's so like there's no like full stop you know there's no yeah. question about it it's like for example the black lives matter movement mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. uh it validates it validates the people that are in the less powerful position yeah and and gives them a voice yeah and, and something to identify with yes. because sometimes you know you search hashtag men are trash and you read the stories that are accompanying it and literally it as a woman yeah it's like there's a visceral connection because you think i've been through that yes you know what i mean yeah but yeah so I appreciate it from that aspect, but yeah. it's, I think it's a delicate balance. Balancing, yeah. okay, yes, you need something, you know, like a common, like a common ground for people to like gravitate towards, yeah. you know, like for example, at UCT, uh, hashtags have become what the roads must fall. UCT is University oh, of Cape Town. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, what sparked the roads must fall movement yeah. was literally one guy throwing feces at the road statue. Road statue. Yeah. So so that. Even though the roads must fall movement was centered around the removal of the statue, statue. the movement was much bigger yeah. than that. Yeah, know? it was symbolic. It was symbolic. So I think people do need something like a focal point to gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. like and using um, online platforms, hashtags have become that focal point. Yes. That people it has become that statue that people gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding as like for example, like the statue was just a symbolism it was just one part of yeah. the bigger picture of how educational institutions need to be decolonized mm-hmm. and upholds the colonial figureheads and systems that yes you know they were built upon yeah then apply that same thinking to hashtags and mm-hmm. what they symbolize in mm-hmm. terms of like the representation of the bigger problem you know mm. black lives matter it's a representation of the bigger problem me too yeah. yes me too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah hey i mean it's crazy for me to think about these things because it's like but man, like just listen, right? I know by default you get defensive, but also join the conversation, sit down and listen and be open to gaining a new perspective, right? And therefore adding nuance to the conversation. So getting defensive doesn't get anybody anywhere. Yeah, right? but it's also needing to understand that it's, if you are comfortable in a system and a system benefits you, mm. you're less likely to want to change it. It takes a true. it takes a special type of so person to, to realize that yes, I am mm. benefiting from this. And this is also I think it's also a question to like it's also a challenge to me. Like what are the systems or like the the expectation or like the things that have been passed on from generation to generation that mm. I benefit from mm. and am reluctant to change because of that, you know? Yeah. So I think education plays a huge role in, Absolutely. in breaking down the conversation and making people aware of, first of all, why what the problem is, why it mm. exists, mm. and then taking the step to, actionable steps to like change and, and solve the problem. Mm. Yeah. That's a great way to end it mm. because um, 
That's so true. Educating ourselves even us helps us to ask the right questions to know how to tackle these really complex issues by saying, what do I need to rethink about? What is it that is problematic here that I never thought of as problematic? Now that I have this education, I can ask those things. So yeah, thank you, Tembi, for joining me in this conversation, for joining Young African Talks and for giving us your view and uh, sharing your experience and your thoughts and research also. Good luck with that master's research. It sounds really, really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. Yes, any day. I love having these kind of talks with with my peoples. All right, guys, once again, follow us on Instagram. That's at yet podcast. And um, Twitter is at the yet, the underscore Y-A-T. And Gmail, send us your opinions and thoughts at the yet podcast at gmail.com send us a recording send us your opinions but yeah thanks again Tammy and I'll see you later yeah I'll be tuning in